stay tuned for The Turning Point with Mike Fader. Yeah, isn't that what everybody wants? Isn't what everybody in the damn world wants? Isn't that what uh, Declaration of Independence was all about? Well, maybe not. Who wrote it? Men? Women couldn't vote? Some age-old story. You know, back then, now, everywhere. Um, All of this constant uh, struggling to be free. People want to be free. They want to be free. Even people who are twisted in some way, probably because of the way they grew up or something like that, who don't understand freedom, personal, psychological, moral, sexual freedom. They just don't get it. You know, they're, they're living in a world of, uh, where everybody has to be in charge and somebody else is not in charge. Somebody's a master and somebody's a slave. 
Was it Abraham Lincoln who said, to paraphrase, so I would not be a master, so I would not be a slave. So I would not be a slave, so I would not be a master. They go together. They go together. When you have masters and slaves, right? It's, uh, but in the whole world seems to be the history, the world seems to be the history of power, struggle. Well, struggle, struggle is natural. Struggle is natural. Everything struggles. Everything in nature struggles all the time. Uh, there is harmony. There is great harmony on all levels of natural and supernatural life. But everything else is a struggle all the time. Something I never really accepted or understood. Though you would have thought I would, considering my, uh, <laughs> my childhood was one long struggle. But everything is a struggle. Everything is a struggle. Your body struggles to stay alive in a world where it's hostile to it. You know, your, your, your mind struggles. Uh, you struggle economically. You struggle sexually. <clears throat> you struggle um, <clears throat> politically. Everybody struggles all the time. Um, and maybe could you say once upon a time in a place like the United States probably or maybe in some first world country or whatever the term for it is that people used to struggle a lot more. I mean, if you look back on history, uh, and you know, history being uh, the world, history being uh, the record of human struggle. Um, in this country, um, <clears throat> all the rights that people didn't start out with. I mean, children were routinely in England and uh, in the United States, some places too, especially in the nineteenth century. We're working in these horrible factories seven days a week. People work seven days a week, 14 hours a day, 84 hours a week, more, you know, just to survive, just to get by. There was no rules. There was no laws. There was no societal understanding, you know, treat people like shit and, and use people uh, in any way you want to anytime and just throw away the ones with, that get broken or used up and then just get new ones. That was the... Uh, the understanding, and it's still the understanding in a lot of places in the world. And on some continuum, it's the understanding of a lot of people's psychology. Uh, you know, I mean, so once upon a time, uh, women couldn't vote. Um, you know, there was a, um, um, a seven-day work week, child labor. There was, no, there was no controlling everything. There's no rules, no laws. And where there were rules and laws, they were written right over, which is also as old as time by people who wanted as much power as they could possibly get all the time because they're sick and twisted that way, like the Koch brothers, like Trump, like other people, like maybe people on your block, you know, but the people, <laughs> the people who uh, started out with a lot of money or wanted to make a lot of money and wanted to control other people. It's all about power. It comes down to power. All this stuff, I pick up the paper today and I look every day online, on TV, in the newspaper. Now there's this tidal wave of accusations and in many cases um, a lot of truth to them of um, <clears throat> anything from sexual rudeness and lewdness and misbehavior and bad talk to outright rape. Now to women, I'm sure this is absolutely nothing new whatsoever. There's nothing new about this. Although to women now who are <clears throat> what maybe in their teens right now, to girls and to and to to you know to older girls, uh, especially seeing this. I mean, what do what do uh, girls make you know of this of this astounding of these astounding revelations 
I mean, they're not so astounding, like I say. If you're a woman, you knew about this forever. If you're a man, you just accepted it or paid no attention or facilitated it, right? Or did it yourself. Who is... (laughs) I don't know. It depends on what generation you're in. It depends on what generation you're in. And I suppose it depends on, of course, where you live. Mostly when I'm talking about this, I'm talking about the United States. And that's where I live. That's what I know. But... uh, I mean, you take a country, there are countries in the world like Afghanistan and a lot of Muslim countries and especially Muslim countries and fundamentalist Muslim countries and in Afghanistan where women are treated still to this day, obviously, routinely. Uh, And in India, uh, the Supreme Court of India just recently got involved because um, of child, uh, because of uh, all the uh, girls that were being raped. There is so much rape of young girls. And what is the, I forgot what the age was, but you can, uh, there's childhood uh, marriage. Girls get married to older men. This happens in so many Muslim countries, and this happens in India too. And I'm not sure about what goes on in Africa or Central America, but um, it's probably nothing as noticeable or probably as bad as what goes on, uh, the plight of women in places like this. I mean, in India, I think it was the Supreme Court, and I may have gotten this backwards, but the Supreme Court uh, just recently decided that uh, there was a case of, um, and in India, it was a, it's a common thing, or it's, uh, it's too frequent uh, not to notice, and it's an old tradition, uh, that men of almost any age um, can uh, marry uh, girls who are 14 years old, and often... Um, there is incest and there is rape and it's, um, it's an epidemic in India. And in Muslim countries, I keep hammering at this, but in Muslim countries, it was just recently considered um, a liberating thing that the, the new dictator, uh, the man, the sheikh who's taking over, um, the prince, I'm sorry, the prince who's taking over in Saudi Arabia, who's uh, locking up all his cousins and his brothers and his uncles and everybody else, um, is considered to be more of a liberal. At the same time, he's turning into one of the worst dictators in the world, <laughs> like everybody else. The, 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 this is the story of now, right, in history. He's also considered more liberal when it comes to women, which is to say maybe they don't have to wear, you know, complete dark outfits all the time. Maybe they would even be allowed to uh, routinely drive, and who knows? One day there might be a miracle, and they'd even be allowed to vote. By the way, speaking of miracles, and this would have to be a miracle, if anybody is listening live, and I know most people listen by podcast, if anybody is listening live and has um, uh, an opinion about something I'm saying, feel free to interrupt. Feel free to interrupt. One of the things I miss really bad about uh, doing podcasts, which is essentially, this is, it's a live radio show, but really everything uh, is on the internet turns into a podcast, right? Um, one of the things I miss about it is nobody calling up live when I'm talking. And this is a live radio show. I do know some people listen live. And uh, you can't call up after the fact. And the number here, in case you should ever want to, by some miracle, is 888-874-4888. I would love to hear your opinion. I might not agree with it, <clears throat> um, but I certainly would love to hear it. It would... Uh, it's like, uh, is it my personality or is it a prefer- the, the personality of a performer that when you're doing something, especially if you're doing it live, um, you would like to get a response. 
you can't you can't be a, a performer without an audience. So, and I was so used to that for decades that it's getting me. That it's it really gets to me. I mean, it's very hard to get used to not actually hearing from people live while I'm talking. People calling up on the phone. However, that said, back to this whole thing. Um, all of these all these things that are happening in the world now. All these things are connected. The uh, the kinds of genocide that's committed off and on uh, throughout history. Uh, what's going on in Myanmar, is it Myanmar now, where an entire segment of the population who are um, Muslims are being um, either deported, tortured, enslaved, or just killed. This is, this, is, this is the kind of thing that's going on all the time. Uh, very unusually, the woman in charge there, who was uh, once actually a noted um, democracy advocate and a liberal, the woman in charge there uh, is a woman. The person in charge there is a woman. This is extremely unusual, extremely unusual for any kind of country at all, but especially uh, in any part of the world like that. So, um, like I say, all these things are connected. I had made a lot of notes about these uh, shootings. You know, I mean, uh, the, everything goes so fast and there's so much news all the time. And this sexual assault and sexual lewdness stuff, which is constantly making the front pages all the time. You can't ignore it, right? It appears as if, uh, and of course it's all about famous men. Nobody's going to write a story in the New York Times that, um, you know, Joe Smith or whoever um, <clears throat> who lives uh, in Brooklyn or the Bronx or something like that uh, was nasty or vicious or even um, criminally dangerous to women. Um, uh, that's not, doesn't sell newspapers. So now we find out today, and every single day something else. You know, the other day was, um, and because it's like People magazine, it's almost like gossip. But uh, like I say, I mean, it's, uh, you know, you don't sell newspapers by telling you that some common person that you never heard of, quote unquote, common person you never heard of, did something awful, right, um, to women. What you have to hear about is Louis C.K. Uh, I saw about 10, I'm of a gen different generation. I saw about... 10 minutes of a, a YouTube video of a performance of Louis C.K.'s and didn't like it too much. But, you know, I'm old, so what do I know? But uh, Louis C.K., and who is it right next to him? Roy Moore. You know, Judge Roy Moore, the uh, evangelical Christian savior of Alabama, right, who has been preaching Christian values his, uh, most of his life. Turns out that he's being accused, right? You can't right away convict everybody, you know, you'd actually have to go to court unless somebody admits they did it. Like Kevin Spacey. It's pretty, I'm doing the same thing, right? I'm going along with all, the, all these famous people. But somebody like Kevin Spacey, you know, he admitted it or his publicist admitted it. <laughs> if you're rich enough, you have a publicist. Wouldn't we all like to have that? Wouldn't you like to have a publicist like you did something wrong or you need to apologize or um, you screwed up somehow? Um, you don't have to bother doing it yourself. You can go off and do whatever you like while your publicist holds a news conference and says, um, Mr. Spacey, Mr. Fader, whoever it is, is tired. He, he's, he's really sad and he really regrets the awful thing that he did and said. And um, he's going to go into uh, rehabilitation and will never do it again. And he uh, apologizes to the family of it, blah, 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 blah. That's, is that an apology? No. <laughs> When you hire somebody else to do it, it is not an apology. Meanwhile, so we find out that uh, that he did that and he did that. And Roy Moore, of course, the extra thing with a lot of these people is they're not 
you know, the, Harvey Weinstein and maybe the three dozen other people in the last two weeks, men who have been accused of this, men in power, and power is the key here that links all these things, um, this bad behavior, mostly by men, power, and too much power, I should say, too much power. Um, the thing that links them all is, is power. So um, Harvey Weinstein and all these other people, they never went out into the world, ran for office, and became public figures, political figures, especially preaching, preaching, uh, and not only that, maybe even enacting laws against gays, against uh, against uh, women, against bad sexual behavior, you know, uh, you know, off marital sexual behavior. You got a guy like Roy Moore, who is uh, very big with a lot of the rednecks and Christian rednecks, down, fundamentalist jerks and assholes down in Alabama, who don't care what he does. If he violates the Constitution, which is the basis of the entire country and the country that, Al that people in Alabama live in as well, I think, you know, if he violates, and I'm not talking about all the people of Alabama, I'm talking about his supporters. The Christian fundamentalists, did I call them names? I guess I did. The Christian fundamentalists who, who are the base of Roy Moore down there, and you know, I can't explain who Roy Moore is more than I hope that you know who he is. Uh, one brief thing is he's the judge down there. Uh, he was the, uh, the head of the Supreme Court of Alabama. He was the chief justice of the Supreme Court of Alabama. And in two instances, one having to do with uh, enforcing laws um, uh, and deciding cases that the Supreme Court had decided that gave gay people equal rights in one case like that. And in another one where he had erected on the grounds of the state Supreme Court building in Texas, in, in Alabama, uh, a gigantic stone replica of the Ten Commandments. And he was told to take it down. He had to be told, uh, this guy, who's not stupid, he had to be told over and over again, and he refused to take it down. So he was twice removed from his position as the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court in Alabama. This guy is a hero to a lot of people down south and to fundamentalist Christians, uh, evangelical Christians in, um, in Alabama. He's a hero to almost all of them. I can't speak for all of them. And, um, you know, what's his latest? His latest is... And he's been preaching Christianity and family values and doing the right thing and uh, treating people correctly, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, uh, you know, most of his adult life. And when he was a prosecuting attorney, he worked for the state, I think it was, state of Alabama. <clears throat> and um, <clears throat> when he was in his 30s, he's in his 60s now, when he was in his 30s, now several women who were girls then, uh, one of whom was underage, 14 years old, have accused him of uh, extremely aggressive, untoward sexual behavior. And um, now, you know, ordinarily in the pre-Trump world and maybe in certain parts of this world that we live in, that would be enough to do somebody in. That would be the end of their political ambitions. That would be it, right? But not down in Alabama. It could easily be that, um, that uh, Judge Roy Moore... This um, <clears throat> hypocritical, uh, you know, uh, son of a bitch who rides around on a horse. Uh, he rode a horse up to the, the voting booth, to the polls, and it carries a gun routinely. This guy, this jerk, may actually get a benefit from people down there. Now, the only, 
The only good thing you could say, the only positive thing you could say is that being Christians, maybe what they're doing down there is forgiving the guy. That was 30 years ago. And that's one of the questions about all these people is uh, how far back do you take this stuff? Kevin Spacey, um, you know, and and many of these other people, Harvey Weinstein is, uh, you know, he's a difference. Uh, He's the worst because he was doing these things once and continued to do them up until the second that he was accused uh, of, of outed, basically, in the New York Times. So, but a guy <clears throat> who did something, let's say a guy's 64 years old or 66 years old, and okay, expand that to any man, doesn't have to be famous, right? Did something awful in his 20s or 30s, or routinely was, and in this particular case, um, offensive and even aggressive. If it crosses the line to physical touching, and to uh, to something like assault or even rape, that's a different story. But all this, Louis C.K., this guy, apparently uh, had some women comedians. And uh, again, remember power. This is still when he, you know, at this point, he was already very famous and had a lot of power over other over the field of comedy, right? Could hire and fire, could recommend people. His, uh, his praise of somebody would make somebody, his... Uh, his bad word on somebody else would, would you know, cast them down. Um, <clears throat> this guy, you know, um, he took out his penis and started masturbating in front of these women. Weren't girls, young girls. But what's the difference? It's offensive. It's, it's threatening. It's threatening. And this gets down to the very basics of men and women, right? That's a threatening thing. Taking that thing out is, can, is a threatening thing to men and, you know, to, to women, even to boys, Look at, the, look, look at all these priests, right? It's a threatening thing. Somebody in a position of power, um, you know, decides to, to uh, actively expose uh, uh, their genitals, and that's that. That's, that's an expression of power and assault. It's aggression. It's aggression. Um, <clears throat> I really flew off on this one. But, I mean, I do see, I started out, I made all these notes about the shootings, that have taken place, that took place in the Baptist church in, in um, is it Sutherland Springs? I didn't write the name down here. But the Baptist church in uh, Texas uh, last Sunday. Last, that was last Sunday. That's only a few days ago. It seems things move so fast now. The internet moves everything so fast. There's so much news all the time, every second, <clears throat> that it almost seems like it happened a month ago. Doesn't it? And... What about Las Vegas? That happened, what, three weeks ago? Something like that? It's as if that's ancient history. It's like it happened two years ago. But these things, have to, these things stay in the news. And in between that was uh, the mass murder of people uh, by this lunatic who drove a truck to pe- uh, um, over people and hit people with a truck in New York City. Um, and we're already, you know, we're already inured to these awful bombings that seem to occur all the time. Like, it seems like every, like every day you see this, but of course it's probably closer to every couple of weeks in some <clears throat> sort of Wild West Muslim countries and mosques and marketplaces and schools, government buildings. So is this, this going to be our future now? Is this the future of America starting right now? You know, in the last month, I mean, there's been more and more of these shootings. More and more. Is this, is this the new normal here for, the, for our country? Is this what we're going to get used to now? Um, when I saw that awful headline on Sunday, 
uh, about Texas, <clears throat> I noticed it wasn't even spread across the whole page. Now, one of the reasons for that is uh, that I don't consume news because uh, you know I'm old and sort of rigid in my news habits. I read the paper in the morning. Specifically, I read the New York Times. But I read the paper in the morning. I'm not online all day long. And I don't even like to watch TV news. If I had been watching the TV news on Sunday night instead of reading about it on Monday morning about this massacre, I would have, um, <clears throat> I would have seen it all. It all would have been in the news. And it, would have, and it was online all day long Sunday. But um, that's why when I look at the headline on Monday morning, it's already a bit old news, right? Um, and another reason, it, again, another reason it, it, was, it wasn't such a big headline. I thought it would have been spread across the whole page. And once upon a time, it would have been. It's because these awful things, again, keep happening all the time more frequently. When something happens more and more frequently, when they're, let's say, two weeks ago, if somebody attacked um, a government building or a marketplace or a mosque and blew up uh, innocent people in uh, Afghanistan or in Iraq or someplace like that or Pakistan, um, <clears throat> it would have not even appeared in the paper anymore or would have been a little four-line thing or two paragraphs somewhere. Well, once upon a time, I suppose that would have been a headline, and it should be a headline, but no more, because there's too much of it happening all the time. And what can you do? What can you do about all this shooting, all these guns? I mean, besides actually banning every semi-automatic weapon, pistols and rifles, just banning them all. No more guns to people. No more gu How about no guns at all? Do people really need guns? If somebody is, let's put it at the bottom line, is if somebody is um, poor, you know, somebody's poor and somebody is used to, has been brought up to go out and hunt, to go out and hunt, to take a rifle and to go out and hunt uh, for their food on a regular basis. If somebody is that, uh, if somebody's either that poor or used to doing that and does not choose to go into a supermarket... And, uh, you know, it's expensive to buy organic food. You don't go to the supermarket and buy all this packaged meat. Who knows what crap is in that? Yeah, maybe you want to go out in the woods, you know, and or out in the, the prairie or the desert or someplace like that, um, um, out in some national park or place where hunting is allowed, and um, you want to hunt. Okay, aside from people who hunt, does anybody in this country ever need a gun for target practice? The NRA makes a big deal about this. There are supposedly, and maybe there are, millions of Americans who routinely shoot for sport. I think it's a good idea uh, that people who just shoot for sport, uh, there, was a, a, there was an article in the paper the other day, a big article, about the correlation between uh, different, in different countries between the amount of guns and gun violence. The United States, the population of the United States, the people of the United States, make up 4.4% of the world's population. I would have thought it was less, but it's 4.4% of the world's population. And they own 42% of the guns. Imagine that. 4.4% of the population of the world and 42% of the guns. And this is probably, I don't know if this is legal and illegal guns, but you know, it could even be legal guns. In Texas alone, where this horrible church shooting took place, um, there are a million gun licenses issued. In Texas, there's a million people or a million separate gun licenses 
million people licensed to carry a gun. I, you know, so I'm thinking to myself, the only way maybe to control this stuff is, um, the only way to control this stuff maybe is to just forbid anybody from having a gun. Clearly, the correlation is um, when you have so many guns in one place and so many people owning guns, more of them are going to go off and more of them are going to be used to kill other people. It doesn't matter how many targets people shoot. It doesn't matter how many hunting trips people go on. That's one thing, I suppose. (sighs) But if you have all these guns concentrated in a population and make it so easy to get them, make it so easy to get them, then uh, inevitably, then more and more people are going to get killed all the time by them. People have been killed throughout history. People have been killed throughout history. There's been mass murders throughout history, and it doesn't need guns to do it. Spears, um, knives, bows and arrows, you know, throughout history, most of history, actually, and millions of people all over the world. Again, the story of history is a story of invasions and men, again, invading places, uh, using their power, killing people, stealing things, and weapons were used. Weapons have been used for tens of thousands of years, tens of thousands of years. And so it's not just, you know, guns, it's, it's people, and it's mostly men. It's mostly men. You see, there is this connection here. There's this connection here. This guy in, this guy in, uh, uh, so there's different reasons why people do things, right? This guy, um, but it's all the same reason. It's a kind of uh, crazy male energy gone off the deep end. The man who drove the truck into people in New York City allegedly said, as many people do when they commit uh, these suicide bombings, uh, in Arabic, God is great. God is great. We don't really know he said that. Some people said they thought he said that. So presumably, I mean, to the point he's, to the extent that he's normal, uh, in any way, not insane, he had a religious point of view, but not really. Not really. I mean, the guy was, uh, you know, wherever he was, whatever country he lived in, whatever religion he was, he would have been just as loony and just as dangerous, right? But, you know, so that, and, and theoretically, there's all this tribalism and all this religious uh, strife. And um, if people say that this, what God is this, by the way? <laughs> God is great? If there is a God, then why isn't God stopping all this? What is God anyhow? Is God some ethereal thing you believe in and you trust and hope for? Yeah, there's a million versions of God, right? But if God is, and a lot of people believe this, everybody from down in, uh, in, this, in, this, in this poor church in Texas, these people, in, um, in Roy Moore's Alabama, um, in every place in the world, there are a couple of billion people who seem to believe that, um, that there is a supreme being, that there is somebody who uh, is a supreme force that guides things, that there's a plan carried out by some greater force. Usually it's a male, you know, it's embodied as a male. Um, if that's the case, who and what was God's plan for this church in Texas? Uh, and I don't know. I've never, I can't say because I've never been faithful that way, in a religious way. And I have trouble having faith in anything or anybody anyhow. It's the way I was brought up, unfortunately. That's too bad. But I have never had religious faith. I have never had um, a belief, an absolute belief and faith in something 
larger than myself. Sometimes I experience something larger than myself. And I could see that there is some sort of gigantic um, plan and some gigantic uh, uh, something that sort of adds up to all of this, which I don't understand, but seems to be in perfect harmony. But, you know, what happens to the people down in Texas now? now they go to this church all the time. They're very religious Christians. And they believe in um, <clears throat> the saving power of Christ, which, by the way, is a peaceful power. The power of Christ is the power of peace and forgiveness. It has nothing to do with violence. Judge Roy Moore rides up on his horse like it's, you know, 1878 and takes out a gun. What's that got to do with Christianity? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. This son of a bitch and tens of millions of people like him don't understand Christianity. And I'm, I'm not Christian. I'm Jewish, nominally Jewish. But it's easy enough to read about and to understand what Christianity is about. What's it got to do with all these guns? Nothing. All this violence. Oh, man. But uh, this guy in Texas, uh, now he really slipped through what is already an awful system. He was in the Air Force and he was given a dishonorable discharge. He was also locked up. He was locked up and he was, I don't know if he was in prison, but he was definitely in a psychiatric hospital. And why did they lock him up? And why did they dishonorably discharge him from the Air Force? Because he attacked his wife and fractured the skull of his stepson, who was a toddler at the time. This guy, an extremely out-of-control, dangerous individual. And in fact, and this is where the, uh, the nexus is, this is where the connection always uh, establishes itself, it turns out that men who are convicted of spousal abuse, are all, there's a correlation between them and a lot of these guys who shoot people, out of control shoot people with guns. There's a connection and gun ownership, spousal abuse, and gun violence. Uh, there's a connection, and even between the mass shootings, too. Anyhow, this guy <clears throat> escaped from a psychiatric hospital, and um, I think after that, maybe he was put in jail or he was brought back to the hospital. And he was, they were supposed to, of course, report this guy to a national central registry, to a database, a federal database. And they didn't do it. They didn't do it. Theoretically speaking, that would have prevented, that would have prevented his, um, prevented him buying a gun. But that's the other side of it. That's the other side of it. Almost anybody can buy a gun any place, any time. Any kind of gun. Any kind of gun. Um, it's, um, it's a treasured right of Americans to own guns and to have a gun. And uh, if you say anything about it, the NRA will get on you. And uh, millions and millions of voters who are whipped up by the NRA, who are gun owners, and a lot of these people associate this with uh, their most basic right as an American, you know, to own a gun. Because it's the Second Amendment to the Constitution, which, which 90% of the people who own guns just don't understand. They don't understand the history of it, the original reason for it. But... The basic right of Americans is, like in this song at the beginning of this show, is to be free, is to try to be free, or I should say, to be free to try to be happy. You know, um, it doesn't say that you're guaranteed uh, freedom and happiness. It doesn't say you're guaranteed happiness in the, in the Declaration of Independence. It doesn't say that. It says you have uh, the right to freely uh, try to achieve it. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. 
But free speech, the First Amendment of the Constitution, is what it's all about. Without free speech, and almost complete unfettered free speech, except where it crosses into libel or slander, if we don't have free speech, we don't have a free country. If we don't have some privacy and some right to express ourselves, especially about the government and what the government does, then, you know, then we're dead. And it's getting worse all the time. <clears throat> Anyhow, so, uh, and in the NRA, you know, um, this gigantic powerful lobby. I mean, there's powerful lobbies. There's uh, <clears throat> the oil and gas lobby. I'm going to have some water. The oil and gas lobby, the pharmaceutical lobby, you know, very powerful. Um, I'm going to have a little water here. <sighs> Organic water, more expensive than regular water. Uh, I do. I put one of those filters on my uh, faucet. I think it's a good thing. <clears throat> it tastes better. Anyhow, so um, this guy, uh, where was I? Anyhow, so there's the Second Amendment. So well, the NRA, the National Rifle Association, has millions and millions of members. They can concentrate their voting in individual races in states, in state races, and in federal races. <clears throat> they give a huge amount of money to politicians all the way up to the top. And... Uh, because uh, most politicians want to keep their jobs over anything, their own principles, who they're representing, what the country means to them, because they really just want power, men, mostly men, and in, this case, in some cases women, they want power. They want power. Power, power, power. Power over, uh, over their spouse, power over children, power over other nations, power over other people's money, power, power, power over everything. Power over life and death. And mostly it's been embodied by men. Power over sex. Power in any sexual situation. Power. There's just something about that. <clears throat> and this guy, back to this guy who went in Texas, he went to, um, he probably went to this church to, uh, to shoot, to kill his mother-in-law. Uh, his mother-in-law prayed at this church and he had all kinds of troubles. I mean, this is, the, uh, the mother of the woman who he assaulted, right, and who's, um, and this woman's uh, grandson was, had a fractured skull from this lunatic, right? And, um, of course, what happens after this is everybody says, um, anyhow, he went to the church to do this, and in his, his insane rage, he just started, he started shooting everybody. And children, he shot all these children. It is, it's heartbreaking. I mean, it's heartbreaking. It's absolutely heartbreaking when you think about it. I mean, it breaks your heart if you've ever, I mean, you don't have to have had children. But, you know, uh, if you bring up children, it's so hard to bring up children. It's so hard. It's such a struggle. Um, more of a struggle if you're poor and bringing up children or if you're under the power of more other people. If you're, even in your, but, but you bring up children, <clears throat> you, you watch them every minute. You make sure that they're healthy. You make sure that they're safe. You have to watch them every second. They're completely helpless. And when they get older, you know, they don't know right and wrong. They don't know what's uh, 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 an electric socket. They don't know what's outside the window, what's inside the window. You watch them all the time. If they get sick, you rush them to the doctor. Your heart is in your mouth sometimes. I mean, my kids got so sick sometimes we had to rush them to the emergency room, to the hospital. And you think to yourself, <clears throat> you pray, even if you're not a, uh, somebody who prays. <clears throat> Don't let something really bad happen to my kid. Please, God, whoever, please spare my child, right? And you bring them up and 
you listen to all their complaints and you check to see if they're hungry all the time. Why are they crying? Um, and they, uh, when they need love, hopefully, although you know that's a whole long other story, how well we were all taken care of varies a lot. Varies a lot, right? Um, just to put it mildly. But, you know, uh, even in the case of my own kids, um, everything, everything. You, know, you listen to they have bad dreams. You sit up with them. They wet their beds. You change the bed. <clears throat> you teach them how to use the toilet. And you, <clears throat> you work and you work and you work all the time. You invest your entire life in this. You invest your entire life in this. And in one second, I mean, it's so much work and so much effort. It goes on for years and years and years. It goes on forever. And in one second, in seven minutes, especially, particularly in this case, seven minutes, this maniac, this guy who's totally out of control, uh, can I say it was male power? I don't know. I don't know if that's really, but anyhow, this man with a gun, this man with a gun that gave him tremendous power of life and death over other people, killed something like, um, I don't know, what was it, what, 14 children. 14 children, babies, babies, little children, toddlers, killed them, men, women, children, but he killed children and somehow it always seems worse. It just breaks your heart, especially if you've been a parent and you know, especially if you've been a parent and you know. Um, like I say, there's, there's nothing new about this. There's nothing new about, uh, about mass murders and men doing awful things to people. I mean, and I connect all this sexuality, I connect it all to um, uh, all this stuff that's going on with all this uh, bad behavior by men, and it's in no way at the end of it. I mean, this is going to go on and on and on and on and on. Uh, we're going to get more and more and more of this. And it really is actually, at this point, revolutionary. It is revolutionizing things. I mean, there has been a woman's movement for a long time. Just say no. There has been uh, Ms. Magazine 40 years ago, whatever it was, 50 years ago. Um, there has been uh, a feminist movement, a women's movement, women wanting equal rights. And they still don't have equal rights. But women not wanting to be treated like shit by men who are in control of them, men in charge of them, by men in general. And it comes down to the most primitive biological things. Men are stronger than women. Men are stronger than women. And it takes a kind of self-realization and a societal understanding uh, which is enacted in laws and codes of behavior that men don't take primitive, savage advantage of their literally much uh, stronger um, uh, muscles and aggression. They're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster. If there's no law, if there's no rule, if there's no common understanding, if there's no common understanding that uh, men should not act that way to women and um, then anything could happen. And apparently, uh, even though there seems there should have been a common understanding, but now, finally, we may actually have a kind of revolution. Something different is going on in the world here. And it took so many different strands and, and flows that, that came into one central place of history. Uh, so long it took for women to have this right and then that right and then this right <clears throat> equal to men, right? and to be treated equally to men, and still aren't, but it took so long. And now, this behavior by men, once upon a time, if this happened, I don't know, why, why wasn't this, now this has been happening forever in this country, right? Always 
the casting couch uh, always have people and powerful uh, in businesses, and certain businesses seem to be worse than others for some reason, um, the entertainment business. All of this stuff for so long, all this stuff for so long, it's always happened. It's always been the case that men get away with this shit with women and uh, brutalize women and victimize women, and women have to put up with it or leave their jobs or... Um, <clears throat> Or go find something else to do or go crazy, you know, or turn inwards and get sick. Women have to put up with this forever, right, in this country, everywhere and in, and in this country. Um, but now, and once upon a time, if it came out, maybe if it came out 40 years ago, 50 years ago, 70 years ago, maybe people would have what's called winked at it. Maybe people would have said, well, boys will be boys. I mean, even Trump, this, this, this monster of moral uh, vacuity, this idiot, this moral idiot, even Trump, uh, in, as recent as you know, um, as his election and when he was running for election, this tape of him is revealed. This audio and videotape, but this audio tape is revealed of him. Didn't you think? Didn't you think that that was the last that that would that you would hear from that he was done? And shouldn't he have been done? Why is it? That, that the tape of him saying he can, he can do whatever he wants with women, he's powerful, he's a big, powerful man, he's famous, he can grab their pussies, he can do this, he can do that, comes out, the whole country reads about it, the whole country hears it and understands it, and he's still elected? Who voted for him? Yeah, I know. Other things are, it's complicated, right? Who wants to vote for Hillary Clinton? Now, but she would have been better than him. And I'm just talking about this one particular issue. I'm not going to get into a whole discussion about that. Hillary Clinton and her husband are corrupt. And they use their power, especially Bill Clinton uses power. Speaking of sexual, I don't like this word, predators, but speaking of uh, men who are out of control sexually and use their power to get what they want. His physical power is a big guy and his political power to get what he wants and to... Uh, you know, to have sex with women and maybe to be more aggressive even than, uh, than is legally allowed. Clinton himself, right? The arch sexual uh, aggressor. Um, and um, look at him, right? Look at him. Um, and it all came out. And some of that came out when he was running uh, for office, when he was running for president. But here's Trump who says that. In what world did he get elected? What women voted for him and he's he just says something that could have been said a hundred years ago or 50 years ago in the 50s or someplace it was just locker room talk yeah really just locker room talk maybe uh donald trump and of course donald trump on the other hand donald trump is all talk unfortunately he has the power to do a lot more than talk now until he got elected he didn't have any power thank god he only had power over his little industry over his little empire and he was bad enough there cheated people, defrauded people, insulted people, treated people like shit. He seemed to have treated uh, people uh, <clears throat> as a sort of an equal opportunity son of a bitch, right? I mean, men and women. But um, him and his, uh, him and his uh, what is it, Miss World contest, where he walks into the locker room and, uh, you know, did, he did things, he got away with things because he had the power and people had to let him get away with it. But uh, how did a guy like this, what women, I'd like to meet the women, I mean, yeah, okay, you don't want to vote for Hillary Clinton. I understand that. So it's complicated. But I would like to meet the women, especially women who consider themselves, and there's 
there were millions of them who voted for him, millions of women who considered themselves uh, family-oriented people um, <clears throat> and Christian women, and even some of them who considered them, you know, who wouldn't put up with that kind of behavior from their husband or men they knew or men in their family for a second. How did they vote for a guy like this? He is such a step backwards, this guy. He is such a step backwards in the moral and sexual and psychological and uh, every other way history of our country. He is taking us straight back to the worst possible times in every way. Not to mention him and his fucking Republican Party now trying to steal all the money that's left over anyhow from the middle class, all of it, and giving it all straight to the rich people. So it'll be like, uh, you know, 1898 or 1901. Absolutely astounding. Um, yeah, anyhow, so uh, I got carried away, right? <laughs> uh, I guess I have one or two other notes here. I was thinking about this. Um, it's technology. The technology now. Technology um, is always like any, anything that's progressive, anything that's progress in the world has a tremendous price to it. Um, technology uh, makes it easier for people to murder people en masse. Right? It makes it easier for people to murder people quicker and in a more horrible way than you speak. Automatic weapons. That's a technological improvement. The great <clears throat> American technological improvement of the 20th century, uh, uh, it's not uh, necessarily uh, Jonas Salk and his cancer you know, and his uh, polio vaccine. There's lots of tremendous technological improvements that benefited uh, human beings, right? Benefited human beings. Technology has made tremendous benefit. I mean, to help people communicate, to save people's lives. My life was saved by technology. When I was in, almost four years ago now, to the day, I was walking in Riverside Park, and I had what could have been easily been a fatal, call it a heart attack. And I'm lying on the ground, dying, and uh, we didn't have uh, cell phones. We didn't have cell phones, or we didn't carry them around. And my wife was able to go over to somebody who had a smartphone, a cell phone, and they called the ambulance. And because of that cell phone, my life was saved. And there's technology in a million different ways, in hospitals, uh, medicines, um, any way you could possibly think of that have saved people's lives. But at the same time, technology has become an enslaver of our lives. We are caught in the net like a spider is caught, like a fly is caught in a spider's uh, web. We're caught in it. It intrudes in every area of our life. And it can make life so miserable for everybody. Like I said, there's a, there's a price to pay for it. The greatest, uh, I was going to say before, the great American technological achievement of the 20th century was um, uh, the atom bomb. I mean, the amount of money that was spent on that, the number of brains involved, the, number of, the, number, the amount of time, all to the end of murdering close to 200,000 um, people in the space of a few minutes. And now this guy can do this kind of stuff. Um, like I said, what happens in, in Texas, all these things, what happened with this truck? I mean, modern improvements can lead to anything, need to anything. Without a moral base or a common understanding of how to treat other, how to treat women, how to treat children, look what happened in the church, the power that men had in the church for hundreds of years. And it's still being, um, still being revealed all the time, everywhere. Websites, you know, the church just... Uh, Revealed um, some data um, on defrocked priests. If you give people power, and mostly it's been men, 
You give them too much power, they're going to abuse people sooner or later. You have too many guns around, people are going to get shot. And it all converges. All this stuff converges in a certain way. Um, Christ, when you look back on it, he had a kind of a feminine quality to him. And we call it feminine because he didn't have that masculine Roman testosterone, that craziness, right? Um, well, there's always more to say about that. But I think what we'll do now is, uh, you have that, that music up there that I call it Sad Klezmer. Yeah, why don't, why don't we hear a little bit of like that? I'm, I'm going to leave off. We're almost at the end of this show now anyhow. I'm going to play a little music because it is heartbreaking what happened in Texas, particularly. I mean, when you think of Colum, Columbine and then you think uh, later on of children, you know, then you think of uh, Sandy Hook and when you think of this, it's just heartbreaking. Let's hear some of this music. Yeah, it's sad. <clears throat> and there will be the, uh, the usual um, flowers and the candles and the, the toys and everything piled up outside this place. And we'll see it over and over again. And what is ever going to stop it? Only some common behavior, common sense, common decency. I don't know. Again, uh, if you want to get in touch with me, and I wish you would. I mean, um, get back to me on this. You know, send me emails. Tell me what you think about all these things I'm saying. Maybe you have a different opinion than me. Let's hear it. Okay? You want to get in touch with me? It's Fader Files, F-E-D-E-R-F-I-L-E-S dot com. F-E-D-E-R-F-I-L-E-S dot com. Let me know you're out there. It helps. <clears throat> it really helps. Uh, that's it for this week. Uh, this is Mike Fader. Thank you for listening. And uh, we'll... Um, 
I'll see you next week. Well, it's all. Oh